0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Here we
1: go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go!
0: Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. All right, welcome to the
2: show. Week one, man. Week one was crazy. Lamar Jackson threw five touchdown passes today. He threw five touchdown passes in seven starts last season. Marcus Mariota threw three touchdown passes on Sunday. He did not do that once in 2018. Jamison Crowder had 14 catches against the Bills. He did not have more than five catches in any game last season. How about Kirk Cousins? He threw 10 passes today and still scored more fantasy points than Jared Goff and Cam Newton. The 49ers intercepted three passes, and they did that twice. They had two interceptions all of last season. That's amazing. And how about John Ross? 210 receiving yards in 2018. One hundred and fifty eight today on Sunday. Yes, we are recording on Sunday night. Welcome to fantasy football today. If you're listening Monday morning, let's let's get this week started on the right foot here. Let's answer some fun fantasy questions. I'm Adam Azer. What's up, Dave Richard?
1: What's going on, double A?
2: A lot. A lot. Jamie, what's going on with you?
0: I wish the start of the week was good this week.
2: I don't even know who it was. Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah, thanks for reading. Appreciate
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I'm sorry. Was please tell me it was Lamar
3: Jackson? I'm not going to tell you anything. Heath, who was Jamie's start of the week? I have no idea. I didn't read it either. Uh, <laughs> but hey, Adam.
2: Hey Heath. All right. Well, I hope it was Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go to the website and, and it was Lamar Jackson. Boo! How many booms did you let out today, Jamie? Just one. Just
1: one. Oh, I heard two. I heard a minute. I heard at least two. four. <laughs> all uh, right congratulations Vic- victory lap there
2: all right so i got some big questions for you then we'll get into winners and losers we'll talk about every game we got the worryometer we got injury updates tyreek hill tevin coleman joe Mixon, mike williams um so first big question offensively offensively how good are the ravens heath
3: we have no idea Like it it was very encouraging to see what happened. It was nice to see them show off their two new rookie wide receivers. Lamar Jackson made some throws that he quite frankly did not make last year. That's all fantastic. You don't learn a lot against the Miami Dolphins and I'm not sure we're going to learn a lot against the Arizona Cardinals, but I want know one thing for sure. You're starting your Ravens next week.
1: (laughs) What do you guys think? Yeah, he, he was amazing, but he had clean pockets pretty much all game long and Marquise Brown, man, just a little bit of room, that's all he needs, and, and a well-placed football, and he's off to the races. He's hes going to be a lot of fun to watch. Jackson was amazing in this game, and I don't think it's just going to be Arizona. I think at Kansas City and then Cleveland at home the week after that, I think the first four games, Lamar Jackson could be really, really good.
2: So, Jamie, Marquise Brown is owned in 29% of leagues. How owned should he be on Wednesday?
1: Oh, well, he'll be, uh,
0: my guess is somewhere close to 70%. Um, probably by Thursday after the two days of waivers running, but you know, it's going to depend on some of these running back injuries, but you know, you have Tyree kill out for several weeks, you know, the AJ green owner still probably looking for a replacement. You know, um, I, I think he's, uh, he's going to be one of, if not the most added player on CBS sports.com.
3: I mean, I the get... weirdest thing about the whole situation. The weirdest thing is Marquise Brown played 12 snaps today. Really? What? (laughs) Well, Miles Boykin played eighteen snaps. Uh,
0: No, I mean that's great. I I look. Well, I mean they had big plays, so they were scoring from you know the time of possession wasn't what it was by comparison to what the score. Would indicate and and they bought the, ball
2: ran for the ball forty a lot. minutes, like they, they always they, do. Forty minutes, they had more than forty minutes of possession in this game. The Dolphins, but you would you would 20. think
0: that they were running a lot of plays in those forty minutes. You know, like passing plays, given the amount of yards those guys have, they're all big plays.
2: All a lot of big plays, absolutely. Um, all right, so Marquise Goodwin, big day for him, and I guess you know, are, are we talking about the Ravens, Lamar Jackson specifically, just to wrap it up? Are we talking about him in a sell high context?
1: Not yet. You nope. can't do it. I mean, look, you could do it. But why would you do it when he's about to take on the Cardinals at home? Arizona's flying across the country. It's they, they didn't look great against Matthew Stafford in a in a tie against the Lions. I think he could have. It's going to be a tougher matchup, but not that much. Every matchup is going to be tougher than Miami. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be another top ten fantasy quarterback next week.
0: He plays a position that is very very wealthy with talent. So if you have another good quarterback on your roster, you absolutely sell high on him. All
1: right, okay. and the Jameis Winston. Owner, Baker Mayfield. Owner, there are a lot of quarterbacks. They will gladly make a deal with you at this point.
0: All right,
2: cool. Next, might even overpay. Who are you most concerned about after one Sunday of football?
0: Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield.
1: Baker's a pretty big one. Basically, the whole Browns offense.
3: Really? Yeah. I'll I'll go with I'll go with Todd Gurley, um, just because whoever has Todd Gurley probably paid a second round price for him and he didn't have second-round usage in this game. Well, Yeah, but he had second-round
1: production. He, he had second-round production, and he really started to turn it on in the fourth quarter. He had a great run in the third quarter, 25-yard run, and I believe he had 64 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. So maybe he just needed a little bit of time to knock the rust off and, and certainly time to actually get in the game. He didn't play uh, as much as we thought, or at least as much as we hoped, in the first half of the game, and Malcolm Brown was playing inside the 10-yard line. It was a little strange, but Gurley ended up being well, pretty
3: good. I just don't know how strange it was. We like we we had these two narratives competing, and he got 15 touches in the game, and it looked like they were trying to protect him, which is what one of the narratives was. It wasn't I know, just if that. If you thing. get 100 total yards on a weekly <laughs> basis, averaging seven yards per carry,
1: the touchdowns will come, and the production is going to be fine. If you give me a minute, I'll tell you exactly how many red zone snaps he had today.
2: Stop right there with the red zone stuff because it was Malcolm Brown who got two goal line two goal line touchdowns. Like, that's so annoying. I could deal with him splitting carries if I knew. And I thought all along, that was the whole point of drafting Todd Gurley. Like, sure, his work's not going to be the same, but he's going to get so many touchdowns. Well, he's down 2 yeah. nothing in touchdowns to Malcolm Brown at this point. And also, Daryl Henderson was in there. Henderson only had one carry, but it was at like the one-yard line. So that was the, the really concerning thing. I, I feel like that's fluky. I also feel like Sean McVay has been lying to us about Todd Gurley mm-hmm. since January. That's very—no, uh, since, since like December. Uh, that's obvious at this point. They're not going to be honest about Todd Gurley, so I can't listen to a damn thing they say. I'd be more worried if he didn't play so well, but it's really it's the two touchdowns from Malcolm Brown that really bother me. Like, they, I'm actually pissed off about it. Um, you sound pissed off. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's I'm,
1: ridiculous. I'm going to hate to tell you this, but Gurley only had four red zone snaps. Only one was inside the 10. None of them were inside the five. Brown had six, and including his first two snaps of the game... At the Carolina 10 and the Carolina 5.
2: I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I feel like next week it could be a completely different story, and it's Gurley getting the touchdowns. Maybe I don't want to react yet. And He's see playing he the Saints
1: out. next week. It could be much harder. I mean, yeah. That's at be. home. Maybe. I don't know if it'll be that much harder, I guess. I'm All right. You're getting
0: them on a, on a short week. They may be tired. Yeah.
2: Uh, Next question. How good is
1: Deshaun Jackson? How good is Carson Wentz? <laughs> Wentz is good. I mean, that's uh, Deshaun was OK all along, but it's Wentz that's going to make him just an absolute freak.
2: Well, is he, though? I mean, well, eight, uh, eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns today, a 51-yard touchdown catch, I mean, a 53-yard touchdown catch.
1: He's not going to do that every single week. It's but, the
0: same thing, almost identical to what he did last year week one.
3: So tell yeah, me what I, you I think about I was the uh, Deshaun doubter. But my, my biggest concern was volume. He led the team in targets in, with 10 in this game. I don't think that's going to continue, but I will say that Deshaun Jackson is good enough that if he gets 10 targets a game, he's going to be a number one wide receiver.
1: Okay. I just think you know I I think you know what he is. It's what he's been all along. He's a boomer bust type of guy. He's going to put out stat lines that are half as good as what he did today, and he's also going to have games where he catches three passes for 40 yards. It's the nature of the beast with him, but at least he's got a darn good quarterback now. He doesn't have Jameis Winston missing him all over the place like he did the last two years. Okay. Uh
2: one player who opened your eyes today. One player who opened your eyes. Jamie, how about you? Uh
1: Marlon
0: Mack, I was impressed. I like what I saw from him. Um not that I was expecting him to be terrible without Andrew Luck there because I, I think I was one of the few people to still say you can start him and, and still draft him as a number two running back, but he looked awesome. Um you know the uh the performance that he had against the Chargers run defense that was good. I was, I was thoroughly pleased to see him do that.
2: 25 carries, 174 yards and a touchdown. He had a 63-yard run. He had a two-point conversion. And Marlon Mack was started in only 63% of CBS Sports Leagues. Dave, who opened your eyes today?
1: Austin Eckler did. I, I, I was really impressed with how he did. And it wasn't just on the ground. He had 58 yards on 12 carries against a defense that we think is pretty decent in the Colts. He also had 96 yards on six catches and two more touchdowns. Lots of involvement, and he looked great. Okay, Melvin who?
2: (laughs) And uh, the Colts were very bad against pass-catching running backs last
3: year. That continued today. Heath, who opened your eyes? I'm going to go with Terry McLaren. uh, He came out of nowhere. I mean, there were a lot of good rookies this week, and we'll talk about some of them in winners and losers. But uh, this is a team that we figure is going to be down quite a bit. He's already looks to have a connection with Keenum, showed good speed getting behind the defense. I think was tied for the most targets amongst wide receivers on the team. So I'm excited about him moving forward. There's no number one wide receiver in Washington. He could grab a hold of that job.
2: All right. Marlon Mack, Austin Eckler, Terry McLaren. And I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson. That guy could win. I, he, I'm excited. I'm very excited about TJ Hawkinson. He looks really good. All right. One performance you are not buying. A big performance today that you are not buying.
1: Can we can we say Kyler Murray in his debut? tie against the lions? Of course. He put it together down the stretch. Um I don't know, maybe the lions were just tired in that game. But he he looked really bad. The whole offense in general looked out of sync. I know he finished with great y- numbers, 308 yards, two touchdowns. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to be that good. Can I go in the same game? Yeah. Danny Amendola. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good play. Got he was 104 100. yards good.
0: Yeah, he was fantastic, but uh, I can't imagine that's going to be the norm moving forward.
1: Could you see him getting seven or eight targets per week? Sure. I hope that's, not. but Yeah, I, I think he can get kind of into that golden Tate-ish role out of the slot. He'll probably get hurt, though. That's just his track record. That's true. But for now, while he's healthy, you could ride him and have, give him a safe floor in PPR.
2: 13 targets for Danny Amendola How about that? Hawkinson had 9 Galladay had 9, Marvin Jones only had 4 Galladay had a bad game for 9 targets 4 catches, 42 yards and a touchdown uh, And Jones
0: Jones had 2 of those targets in overtime
2: And Heath, how about you? Who uh, Who's a player that you're not buying a performance you're not buying from today?
3: I guess I'll go with DJ Chark I mean, It was a good matchup against a bad Chiefs secondary He caught a couple of long passes I don't really think that's going to continue with their current quarterback situation does
2: anybody buy John Ross?
3: No. No. It's
0: hard to. Yeah. Maybe, but, you know, look, he he scored a lot of touchdowns last year when A.J. Green was out. And he played great again with A.J. Green out. So we'll see what he does again next week. Okay. Good matchup against the 49ers.
2: 158 yards and two touchdowns for John Ross. All right. Today's sponsors are FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash FFT. I can't believe I didn't cash in my tournament. I had some pretty good players. I had uh Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. I couldn't have missed by that much, but I did win a 50-50 with the same lineup, so that was good. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You get a $5 bonus every week for four weeks if you sign up and make a $20 deposit. Uh, ZipRecruiter is our other sponsor. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. If you need to hire someone, this is the best way to do it. ZipRecruiter. Dr. David Chow, pro football doc on Twitter. He actually wrote about Tyreek Hill and said he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tyreek Hill is placed on IR designated to return. We're going to speak to Dr. Chow tomorrow on our bonus Monday episode, which will drop probably around 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, we'll have some time to kind of read some some news. It won't be a morning show or anything like that. It'll be a, for your afternoon commute, and it'll be a quicker show. So Dr. Chow is coming on. Uh, will Brinson and Chris Towers are joining me as well. And if you want more podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcasts podcasts or singular or plural. Either one, cbsports.com slash podcasts. Uh, get a full list of all of our shows and ways to subscribe week one. It was Sunday was a great day for rookies. All right. Especially ones with initials in their names. You had Marquise Brown. You also had AJ Brown get a hundred yards. You had DK Metcalf lead the Seahawks in receiving. You had TJ Hawkinson. It was awesome. Terry McLaurin, as Heath mentioned, Devin Singletary, I think was a big winner in my opinion. Uh, Miles Sanders did not have the same success as these other rookies, but it was, a, it was a fun day for rookies. It's pretty exciting what they could bring to the table. Let's do winners and losers after we uh, go over the big news. So Tyreek Hill is going to miss a few weeks. It could, could be a while. He has a strange uh, shoulder, collarbone injury that Dr. Chow will explain tomorrow. Sammy Watkins obviously stands to benefit. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes? Because I know when we thought that Tyreek Hill might not play for the Chiefs anymore. You know, during the offseason, we were downgrading Patrick Mahomes. If we weren't moving him down to number two, you know, maybe he was still number one quarterback, but he wasn't as high as we would have had him, you know, with Tyreek Hill. So what do you think about Mahomes right now, Dave?
1: Well, he just went into Jacksonville and threw for 378 yards and three touchdowns, playing most of the game without Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> Are, are you downgrading him, though, without Tyreek No. Hill? No. He's still a top three fantasy quarterback, if not top one. Is He's there, on pace for 6,000 passing yards.
2: <laughs> Is there anyone who picks up the slack without Tyreek Hill?
0: Sammy Watkins is the
1: top yeah, twelve I
2: mean, receiver
3: as long as he stays healthy. Anyone else? It
0: it, it it's hard to say that it's going to be either Demarcus Robinson or Michael Hardman as the one that benefits the most until we see it. You know, because this was all Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey, and then, you know, Damian Williams as the, really the third option out of the backfield. So maybe they use him more in a receiving role, and LaShawn McCoy takes over more of a rushing downs role because McCoy looked really good today. And so, you know, I I think he just kind of. Congratulate yourself if you took a chance on Sammy Watkins with a mid round pick uh, as he continued to fall with Tyreek Hill's return. And then you're going to benefit with Travis Kelsey, who had a good game, just not a great fantasy game today.
1: If you care about snap counts, Hardman had 51 snaps after Tyreek Hill left the game. Uh, Robinson just seems to be locked into the role as the number three guy. He had 37 snaps after the injury to Tyreek Hill, and he had nine before. Those are numbers according to PFF. I I don't know. I can't. I can't buy into either Robinson or Hardman as being valuable for fantasy for the next couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, and they combine for one catch, two catches for three yards on three targets. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Darla no, They, they combine for one catch. Yeah, one catch no for yards. no yards on three targets. Sure. Great job. Mm-hmm. Um, Tevin Coleman left with an That'll ankle change, injury. That'll change, though. That'll change. And Joe Mixon left with an ankle injury. So Coleman and Mixon both out. Obviously, Giovanni Bernard would be a must-own if, uh, if Joe Mixon's out for any time. Tevin Coleman left and Raheem Mostert stepped in. So Tuesday's our waiver wire show, but obviously Brita gets a boost, Mostert gets a boost, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. Honestly, we don't. Does anybody know the severity for Tevin Coleman and Joe Mixon?
0: Nope. I don't believe that there's been a report. Okay, but leaving the game and not returning is not good.
2: Nick Foles broke his collarbone, and Heath. How excited are you now about D.D. Westbrook? He did catch a touchdown. I mean, I think it's pretty pathetic for, by the that the Chiefs let Gardner Minshew go twenty two for twenty five with a 122.5 passer rating. But how do you feel now about D.D. Westbrook without Nick Foles for a long time?
3: I feel like the Chiefs defense is still really bad. And I'm less interested in D.D. Westbrook than I was before Nick Foles went down for sure. Westbrook is now more of a uh, mid-range, number three wide receiver for me. Mm,
2: Very disappointing. Glad he scored a touchdown, though. Five catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Fourth leading receiver on the team. We were hoping for a little better there. Oh, Antonio Brown's on New England. We have differing opinions on that. Dave's Dave said second round value on Brown. Jamie says fourth round value. Heath, where are you on? Third it? round,
0: third round, third round.
2: Well, you said fourth yesterday.
0: Yeah, after I went back and looked at like where I would have him slotted in, it's like late third.
3: Okay, late third in a 12 like team league. Nobody's drafting anymore. So yeah, I'm but, just going to say if you drafted Antonio Brown, sell him. If you did not draft him, do not buy him. Agree a thousand percent.
1: Yeah, if you're That's if you're right. nervous if you're nervous about him doing something stupid, this is the perfect time to sell high. Well, it's also his production. I don't think he's going to be as productive. Oh, I think he can be very productive in this Patriots offense.
0: He's not, the best not, receiver,
1: Tom Brady's not to going the to play level with. of
0: what people are anticipating.
1: N- well, okay. So, what, what are people anticipating?
0: Based on what you said, a first-round player. No, a second-round player. player. What I said a second-round, second oh, oh, which is still he's pretty
1: he's good. I apologize. Listen, I apologize. it's still look. It's still high. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna be as good as he was in Pennsylvania. A number one receiver. I think he'll be better than what he would have been if he were in Oakland. I think that, that could, may that may be true. I think he true. can be twelve hundred and eight.
0: That may be true. I'll take the under by leaps and bounds. I think you're gonna see a guy that's gonna struggle for targets. You know, just in the offense that he's in, where Josh Gordon, you know, scored a touchdown tonight. Julian Edelman's gonna get his targets as well, and an offense that's gonna feature all three guys to a certain extent, and you know, for what it's worth if you want to buy into, you know, other people's opinion, Pete Pisco thinks that Josh Gordon may end up being their best receiver. It could it could conceivably happen. I, I don't agree with that, but I think Brown's their best guy. It's just a matter of how good will he be in comparison in this offense to what he would have been as the clear-cut number one guy without question in the Oakland offense. And yes, the targets will be better because it's a better quarterback, but, you know, will they feature him to the same level? I don't think so.
2: Heath, you're the only one who hasn't really opined on this podcast. Dave and I did a bonus episode on Saturday. What do you think?
3: I'm just scared to death. Um, I don't know. Like, it's very possible that what Antonio Brown did when we thought he was having some problems, he was just an evil genius and doing exactly what he wanted to do to get out of Oakland and get to New England. That doesn't make me feel better about what he's going to do over the next month because I don't know what he's going to decide that he wants. So you're more. And you're more. I think what Jamie said. Yeah, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I think what Jamie said is mostly right. But I don't think he will get the same target share that he did in Pittsburgh. I don't think he'll get as many targets as he would have in Oakland. As long as Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, and James White are there, it's going to be hard for anybody to get more than 120 targets. And the Patriots don't really have a history of targeting any one receiver that much. That's true. And That's what their offense last is. Year, and last year, we saw him decline in terms of his yards per target and his efficiency. If there's, And I think Pete would support that. There's a little bit, possibly, of a decline there from his skill over the last couple of years. So I just don't want any part of him. I'm selling.
2: Okay. Melvin Gordon's holdout could extend until the end of November, according to Adam Schefter. And Jason Lockenfora also reported that the holdout could last well into the season. But then Ian Rappaport says Melvin Gordon is expected to report sometime between week six and week eight. That's a big, big difference. And also, very important, you have to keep this in mind. If there's an injury to a key running back, like there already is maybe in San Francisco, we'll get a Tevin Coleman update in a second, like that could speed up the timetable if a team gets def- desperate and wants Melvin Gordon. So based on the reports that came out today, Dave, when, when do you think Tevin, uh, Melvin Gordon will come back?
1: I have absolutely no idea. And that's the reason why I'm hesitant to recommend trading for him unless it's super dirt cheap. If you drafted him, just keep him on your bench and just wait until something happens. What's the Tevin Coleman update? Uh, According to The Athletic, he isn't scheduled for an MRI until the team gets to Youngstown, Ohio, where I believe they are setting up shop this week. Um, The team, according to the report, the team seems concerned about his availability. But for whatever it's worth, he ran off the field at halftime, so it doesn't appear his ankle injury is severe. Okay.
2: Hope not, because he he did pretty well, and he caught three passes, which was nice. All right, we got winners. We got losers. Oh, by the way, Mike Williams' knee injury, and Dante Pettis played two snaps. Two snaps. So we got to talk about that, partially because of the injury, but partially because they're trying to make him prove something. I don't know. We'll take a break on fantasy football today. Winners, losers, and a recap of every game when we come back.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten
0: hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
2: Well, we've talked a lot, actually, about some of these winners and losers. Uh, Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler are Jamie's winners. Jamie, anything you want to add? Uh, well, uh, you know, Mack, again, was 24 carries. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I gave him earlier. Great game for him. Eckler, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what do you make of it with him? He had six catches. He had a receiving touchdown. He led the team in carries. How good do you think he's going to be while Gordon's out?
0: Uh, fantastic. You know, just stay healthy. You know, I, I think, you know, you see a guy that, uh, you know, nearly five yards per carry, uh, like you said, led them in in carries. Um, not that it was uh, a huge number, but 12. Um, Justin Jackson also ran well, you know, six for 57, ripped off a 24-yard run. Um, But Eckler is going to be the one involved in the passing game. It's the same thing that we thought all along, that their their carries could be a little closer than I think a lot of people would like. Uh, not that a six-carry difference is bad, but uh, Eckler will be the one dominating passing down situations, and he was exceptional today.
2: All right, Heath. Your winners are T.J. Hawkinson and LeSean McCoy. So, it, where would Hawkinson be in your rest of season tight end rankings after 100 plus yards today at Arizona?
3: I'm thinking eight, probably. I I had a lot of hesitancy early, and I saw a little bit in the spring, and they were kind of talking him up and saying he was going to be a big part of the offense. And it wasn't like it was a combination of things today. First off, the number of targets he got nine, I believe. Shows his involvement in the office. Second, he looks really good when the ball comes his way. He does not look like a rookie tight end out there. And I'm just ready to throw the rookie tight end stuff out the business out the window. He doesn't look like a rookie tight end. I'm not going to treat him like one anymore.
2: Yeah. And, and obviously, he's, he's an amazing tight end prospect. Six catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you'd still take Hunter Henry over him? Yes. Okay. And we'll see how Jared Cook does uh, on Monday night. So what about uh, LaShawn McCoy? Your thoughts on McCoy? Well, first off,
3: to get 11 touches in his first game with the team, I thought was very encouraging. And then to pick up an average eight yards per carry doesn't hurt anything either. Um, I would be concerned if I drafted Damian Williams in the third round because running the ball, LaShawn McCoy looked better. I'm not so sure that it doesn't make sense for as long as Tyreek's out to shift Williams into more of a pass-catching role and give McCoy a little bit more work in the running game. And the the biggest thing was it's just amazing – how going from Buffalo to Kansas City can make you look like a good running back again because he looked like LeSean McCoy. 20
1: snaps in the game. That's it. So there's there's actually room for him to improve.
3: If this
0: was a preseason game and we were still drafting, there would be no discrepancy about who you're taking first.
2: You take McCoy first? You have to. Yes. Well, but but Damian Williams had six catches. Lashawn McCoy had one. So uh, so that's that matters. And McCoy and and Damian Williams had a one yard touchdown run. They both got work, you know, inside the ten. But Damian Williams had three more carries and five more catches. So uh, McCoy had a better game. In the first game, game, though,
1: in, in right. the first game. McCoy in the been first on the team game, for four days. And Williams averaged two yards per carry. And yeah, but it's he actually game. needed a couple runs late to even five get PC that hot. for high. life. Why BC? He yeah. had like one yard per carry and through if, like his it, first it, again. If this was if this was a
0: preseason game and they had acquired Lashawn McCoy at the start of training camp, and you saw this after just one performance, knowing what Damian Williams did last year, but also factoring in money spent on McCoy. History with it's Andy not, It's Reed. really
2: not that much money. It's $3 million. It could be $4 million. It's but a it's more. It's
0: just, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's more. It, 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 is the investment in Lashawn McCoy on a one-year basis is more. I agree with you. It's not a lot of money, and, and I'm not usually one that chases money situations. But still, it's still more money than what they gave the guy that they invested in last year. But it's also the history. I mean, this is a guy that he knows and he trusts, and he's talked about that.
1: Wait a minute. Didn't Antonio Brown get $15 million for one year from the Patriots? So why isn't he considered a... a hero like Lashawn mccoy is a hero yeah a fantasy we're taking him a lot earlier than mccoy we're talking about we're talking about the money being the reason why these guys are going to be good in fantasy well i mean they had to acquire antonio
0: brown they didn't have to acquire antonio well they did they they made this whole thing happen to get antonio brown
1: well yeah sure but they wanted to get antonio brown yeah he also pissed away 15 million dollars for now all right, so McCoy pissed away two million dollars by getting cut out of Buffalo. Okay. Look, I think I think look, I'm not going to go back to Antonio Brown on this. I think Lashawn McCoy has proven that he can certainly hack it in this offense. And I think more opportunities are coming. If you've got Damian Williams, make the move to get Lashawn McCoy. And if you've got Lashawn McCoy and you don't really like your running backs. Otherwise, maybe you make the move to get Damian Williams and buy low on him. Could it be oh, a situation? So then you've got the backfield locked up. But oh, why? Because are you sure that LaShawn McCoy is going to play 16 games? Are you sure he's going to average 8.1 yards per carry? No, per but I don't know if I want to go acquire the what could be the backup. Well, you wouldn't have to pay. what. But the owner of Damien Williams him. is going to give him away. He might. He might be discouraged by what he saw in this game. We Look, everybody saw LaShawn McCoy look good, including Andy Reid. It's probably not going to end well for Damien Williams. Well, I hate but to say it because I love it, the guy.
2: Couldn't it be a James White, Sony Michelle situation?
1: Sure, it could be. Have we seen that frequently from Andy Reid?
2: No, but we have a We've different situation. We've seen him use two now.
1: running backs, but not like evenly. All right, uh, we got to move on here, Dave. Who are your two winners? My two winners are Derrick Henry and John Brown. Oh, Derrick Henry! Oh man, I, I'm. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was telling people to sit him. I really thought the Browns' defense was going to play a lot better than they did. And not only did he run for 84 yards and a touchdown, he caught a a short pass and took it to the house. It was flashes to the end of last season. Now, I don't think he's going to catch many passes, and it's kind of a fluke how that happened. But Tennessee was able to stay competitive in the game, and they rode Derrick Henry, and it's part of their formula for success. Who would
2: you guys rather have, Derrick Henry or Damian Williams?
1: Henry. I think I'd rather have Henry.
2: Man. Heath
3: I, I gave the Heath side That's yeah the answer I heard enough. <laughs> all
2: right it was a one catch for 75 yards and a touchdown plus 19 carries 84 yards and a touchdown yeah. completely dominated touchdown uh, touches Dion Lewis had three carries and uh, three catches and then John Brown over 100 yards for the Bills so that was nice to see I, I sat Sammy Ten Watkins. Targets. I, I sat Sammy Watkins for John Brown and you know, I felt like an idiot, but then he had a good game, so I, I, I'm willing to live with it because Brown came through. So
1: he's the, he's their number one receiver. He actually got off to a pretty decent start before he went off for a, almost a 40 yard touchdown, and I think he's just going to continue to get decent targets week in and week out. Seven
2: catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown for John Brown in a big come from behind victory for the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> the Jets.
1: They get the that and they get awful. the Giants next week.
2: Oh, my gosh. The Giants could ha- could give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers and quarterbacks this year. They are really bad defending the pass. I got a bonus winner for you, everybody. Ronald Jones. It's going to happen. He's going to take over. He's so much better than Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones had a good game. He looked great. 13 carries, did. 75 yards. He did, right? One catch for 18 yards. He looks fast. He looks like a talented player.
1: He looks like he wants to take on contact. He looks aggressive. He looks quick. I just, I don't know. This Bucks offense really left me feeling sad. All right, listen, guys. It's, it's week one, all right?
2: I said this to Jamie on the radio show last night. Yeah, but it's James Tra- again. Travis Kelsey had one catch for six yards in week one last, last season. Uh, and then he had one of the best tight end seasons we've ever had. I believe at one point the Buccaneers, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins were like the story of the NFL because they were the three Florida teams and they were really good, and none of them made the playoffs. Uh, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 400 yards three straight games? So let's not get too down on these guys, these players after week one. Um, we'll We'll talk about some losers, though, when we come back on Fantasy Football Today.
3: Losers here
2: on Fantasy Football Today. Uh, All right, so Heath, you gave me, I asked you this like halftime of the late games, and you said Arizona (laughs) was your loser.
3: Great, great fourth quarter in overtime. It's fitting. What what I tweeted after the game was that a tie was the perfect outcome because there will be no victory laps yet on the Arizona Cardinals offense. They looked absolutely awful until they were down three scores or two. Two and a half scores, or whatever you want to call it. And then they made a great comeback. Uh, Kyler did a, his br- best Blake Bortles impersonation. Um, I don't know yet. Still, it was encouraging how many touches David Johnson got. I think they did run, end up running like 75 to 80 plays. It just took him five quarters to do it. David and Johnson, yeah. yeah.
2: 18 carries, 82 yards, six catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown for David Johnson. Really good. Fitzgerald had a huge game, and that was about it. And Kyler Murray, I think, had 25 fantasy points. So, um, All right, David Johnson, do you feel like he's a first-round player right now? I still don't. No. Jamie said yes? Yeah. Okay. Heath, your other loser is Tyler Lockett. One catch, and of course it was a 44-yard touchdown.
3: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I guess he's now averaging uh, 22 yards per target. The 13 from last year wasn't good enough. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to make too much out of it, but it's a trend that we've seen for three years. And I expected that with Doug Baldwin gone, he would move into that number one role and see 20 plus percent of the team's targets. And that was DK Metcalf instead of him in this game. Uh, If that turns into a two or three week trend, then we're all going to feel silly for being so excited about Tyler Lockett.
1: How about 45 plays for the Seattle offense, 25 runs including Russell Wilson with four attempts and then only 20 pass attempts. I, I think they'll get more plays than that on a weekly basis. So don't don't rush Tyler Lockett off your team anytime soon.
2: Yeah. And In you fact, oh, no, you're not him. dropping
1: him. It's just no, no, no. I'm not talking about dropping him. I'm talking about just trying to trade him for, you know, A.J. Brown or something hasty like that. Don't do that. He'll be fine.
2: Yeah. But also like, hey, DK Metcalf, you know what I mean? You know? good. good call by you I said six for 80 and a touchdown that was my uh my bold prediction on the radio show he had four catches for 89 yards on six touchdowns on six targets he did not score a touchdown so he is losing the bet right now um Dave who would two
1: who would be your two losers let's start with Corey Davis on a day when Marcus Mariota throws for almost 250 yards and three touchdowns he doesn't have a catch disappointing and AJ Brown looked good I know that He's probably not going to have a lot of 100-yard games, especially if he's only getting four targets, but he's making moves out there that were pretty impressive. You want to talk about an eye-opener? So I think he was a loser, and I think Kenyon Drake, and this just goes for all the Dolphins, big stinking losers. Flores talked about unleashing him and giving him tons of touches. I think he had two catches and five carries, and I know they got behind early. It's still sucky. They're going to be behind early a lot this year. Four carries.
2: And and not even 20 minutes of possession for the Dolphins. This was a really bad matchup for them because Heath mentioned Ravens just take the air out of the ball. But every, every matchup is going to be pretty bad for them. They are bad. It's
0: going to be interesting to see in 10-team uh, leagues how many people drop Kenyon Drake.
2: What would you say if I said, I'm in a 10-team league, should I oh, drop Ken Drake?
0: Too yeah. soon. Too soon. But uh, it's going to happen. I mean... You know, you're gonna have some some teams that have injuries that are maybe carrying Melvin Gordon or carrying, um, AJ Green. You know, and and lost Tevin Coleman or lost Joe Mixon, and they just don't have anybody that they really want to get rid of. You really want to trust a Dolphins player right now? Right. Okay. The only person that looked good, the only player that really looked good to me was Devontae Parker.
2: Three catches, 75 yards on seven targets. Preston Williams caught a wide open touchdown, and uh, Albert Wilson was invisible. Did Albert Wilson get hurt in that game? Or am I Does making it doesn't matter. That up? No, it doesn't matter. Okay, Jamie, I hope who are your... okay
0: for He's okay for his health, but I mean, for our purposes, it doesn't right. matter.
2: Right, for fantasy purposes. Jamie, who are your two losers?
0: Uh, the two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. You know, two guys that I was expecting to have breakout performances this season, which I think they still can, but this was just so frustrating to watch. Um, Jameis looked absolutely lost, and. If there was a Ryan Fitzpatrick on the roster, he would have been playing in the second half. After the way Baker, a Baker, excuse me, after the way Jameis performed, it was just a absolutely atrocious performance in a home game against a San Francisco defense. You said it, Adam. They had two interceptions last year. They had three in this game. And you know, I know they they spent a lot of capital on their defense, whether through the draft or free agency. Uh, I, I doesn't matter. This was this was on Jameis, just looking completely. Absolutely lost. And then Baker Mayfield, that offensive line, I was a little bit worried about it. Uh, it played itself into the game today, five sacks for him. Um, he also struggled, you know, some bad throws, Uh home game against a good defense. I mean, the Titans were going to make things tough on, on this Cleveland offense, but to this extent it was a little bit surprising that they were able to contain this passing game and, and, and frustrate Baker Mayfield the way that they did.
2: Yeah, Mayfield ended up with 11 fantasy points. He's at the Jets next week, and I, I just don't believe they have a good secondary, and I think it was exploited by Josh Allen late in the game. Um, but yeah, Mayfield, the sacks you mentioned, they lost two left tackles in this game. So their, their offensive line could be in really
1: bad shape next week against the Jets. And you least, say, they, well, you say they they'll don't get one of them back next week. One was kicked out.
0: You say they don't oh. have a good secondary for the Jets. They're facing a guy that's going to be really pissed off and Greg Williams, who's going to know everything about this team. They're in. Oh yeah. So it could be tough on Baker two weeks in a row.
2: Oh yeah. But Beckham though. A great call. Be- Beckham Monday night in that stadium. Now. Nah, okay. Well, <laughs> that's a Monday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, can't wait for it. Cleveland, at, Cleveland at the Jets. By the way, they're uh, they now have one opening day win, one week one win in their last twenty one seasons. The Browns, they're one nineteen and one, I believe. All right, um, bonus loser carry on Johnson. I just you know uh-huh. sixteen carries, forty nine yards. CJ Anderson at eleven carries for thirty five yards. I don't like that split. I don't like that split. It's just a little bit too even for me. It's too close.
1: Agreed. This was disappointing. Stafford took things into his own hands, too. Almost mm-hmm. 400 yards and three touchdowns, 45 pass attempts.
0: But still, you say 16 carries against this Arizona defense. He should
1: he have. Shoulda, you're much. absolutely right. 18 total touches. How about only two targets? They could have gotten him involved more in the passing game, and they didn't. They didn't. All those numbers Amendola. went to Amendola and Hawkinson. Yeah. Oy.
2: And it was an overtime game, too. A 50, uh, 10 minutes of overtime as well, so 18 mm-hmm. touches in, in the extended time. Okay, uh, some news and notes for you. Carolina left tackle Greg Middle, uh, Greg Little missed the game with a concussion. I don't know that there was a more disappointing fantasy game than than the Rams Panthers game. Just
1: like McCaffrey, who else did well? Uh, uh, th- Thursday Packers Bears.
2: I was just uh, I'm, I'm strictly a on base, San Francisco. No, I don't think so. Like
3: those guys are all uh, Jameis, Evans Howard. Those guys are all Coleman like, Ogunbowale. Uh, <laughs> all right, I I see your point, but.
2: This was really bad. Like, Goff, Goff and Cam were really disappointing. I I'll I, I'll give you Tampa Bay. I'll give you Tampa Bay, San Francisco. I
0: wonder the one thing, though, with, with Tampa Bay is, you know, dealing with the stomach bug. I wonder how much it impacted them. I, for Mike Evans' sake, you know. I mean, they gave me a stomach bug after watching it, but I, I just wonder if, if how much of it Mike Evans didn't practice at the end of the week, you know, defensive guys as well. I don't know exactly. I think they said eight guys were dealing with the stomach bug. You, you just wonder if it. Left, left them less than what they physically could have been.
2: I'll I'll bring this up. It it took I think it took a little while for Carson Palmer to really get the nuances of Bruce Arians' system. It's just something to keep an eye on, you know, going forward. It is a new system for it, them.
0: If you're interested in that, we're actually going to have Carson Palmer on CBS Sports HQ on Fantasy Football today on Tuesday.
2: Ooh, I am interested. Excellent.
0: Well, uh, I'm going to ask him about that.
2: Lashawn McCoy's 31-yard run was longer than any carry he had last season. Leonard Fournette lost a fumble for the first time in his career. Jacksonville defensive tackle Marcel Darius was inactive. And they lost Quincy Williams, a rookie linebacker, with a knee injury. So their run defense was depleted. Speaking of which, the Jets lost C.J. Mosley with a groin injury, and it completely changed the game. Once the Bills started going to Devin Singletary and Mosley was out, completely changed the game. Um, Uh, Don't
0: forget for the Jaguars, Miles Jack was ejected. That's true. Yep. For throwing a punch.
2: So the Chiefs really aren't that good. Washington... (laughs) Washington defensive tackle Jonathan Allen left in the first half, and then defensive lineman Caleb Brantley left in the fourth quarter. Ram safety Eric Weddle left with a bloody head. uh very WWE. Albert mm-hmm. Wilson did leave with an injury. Um, Jalen Ramsey limped off the field in the third quarter. I think he came back. Uh, Darius Leonard got hurt. Did Darius Leonard come back for the Colts? I believe yes.
1: so.
2: Okay. Cleveland running back Doncho Hilliard, who for some reason got a touchdown carry. He left with a concussion.
1: Oh, that was so annoying. Yeah,
2: it would have been a nice game for Nick Chubb if he had gotten that touch.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. They get first and goal at the one, and you see them running in, and everybody thinks it's Chubb that runs it in. Then all of a sudden you see a number that's not Nick Chubb's number as the guy jumps into the stands, and it's Hilliard. It's irritating.
2: All right, so Stupid I want to get to the games within the next five minutes or so. So let's do this. Let's take a look at the top five at each position and give an instant reaction All right, top five quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, 41 fantasy points. He threw for 405 yards and four touchdowns. He barely had any rushing yards. He didn't need them against the Giants. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Case Keenum, and Patrick Mahomes. I knew I should have started Keenum. Um, Yeah, uh, so Heath, what do you think about Dak?
3: I was very impressed with this new offense. There is a lot of movement before the snap. They're getting guys wide open. It's more creative. I'm not so sure that this is just the Giants having a bad defense. Dak may be in for a career
0: year. Uh, we should mention big winner Michael Gallup. I mean, you know, you want to talk about a guy that built off a strong preseason? He looked awesome.
2: Yeah, and and Troy Aikman on the broadcast said that he thinks Michael Gallup. I think he said he's a special player. So it's possible that there's there's something big there. And they look. They they did throw the ball a lot more than run it. You know they didn't really run Zeke into the ground like they usually do. I don't know if Dak's big game is partially because they didn't have you know the real Zeke, but it was a very nice start. I
3: I just think there's a chance with this new offensive coordinator they may not run the ball quite as much as they
0: used to. I just think that if there's a former Cowboys broadcaster that says something, Adam will believe it leaps and bounds. Well, I feel like he's probably
2: pretty plugged into the team. Well, how I have mean, we not
0: that's talked that's about you, Jason Witten's touchdown? Jason Witten, he
2: owns the Giants. I mean, if Jason Witten had done that on Monday, it would have been his best Monday night performance in over a year. Well, so, you! <laughs> no, but you know I like him. Um, Stafford took advantage of the matchup, but he you know, Stafford was a solid, not great, but solid quarterback before the Golden Tate trade and before breaking his back last year. Let's go to the running backs, the top five running backs, where McCaffrey, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, and one guy we haven't talked about. This guy is a stud. He is a great player, and if he stays healthy, Dalvin Cook is going to crush it, guys. Agreed?
1: Agreed. He looked amazing. The offense is great for him. It's that whole Kubiak-Shanahan-West Coast style, and they gave him 21 carries. Her cousins only attempted 10 passes in the (laughs) game. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Yeah, he, uh, he's 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 great.
2: Uh, can I tell you a, a perform another performance that really grinds? You know, what really grinds my gears that Matt Ryan ended up with like 22 ish, 24 fantasy points or whatever. He just yeah. didn't deserve. Yes.
0: it. Yes. Oh, Ryan and Kyler right. Murray. Same thing. Yep. Right. Yeah, totally.
2: Um, all right. Wide receivers. Top five. Sammy Watkins, John Ross, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Brown. And how about T.Y. Hilton tied with DJ Chark, but actually better in PPR? Heath, what did you make of T.Y. Hilton? Eight catches, 87 yards, and two touchdowns, and a, pr- a pretty good day for Jacoby Brissett.
3: Yeah, very nice uh, play on the second touchdown that Jacoby Brissett didn't deserve at all. T.Y. Hilton did it all by himself. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a very, very good performance. Listen, I, I have some questions about this Chargers defense after this performance. Like, there's a lot of things that happened in week one that we just don't know how much of it was this side of the ball or this side of the ball. And with the injuries that the chargers have, I'm a little bit concerned that their defense might just be not very good, but it was a great day for Hilton. Great start. Cool.
1: Brissett may not have deserved that touchdown, but he had another one taken away when Eric Ebron couldn't hold on to the ball in what? the end zone. It was, it was a great <laughs> throw, but it just kind of fell out of his hands as he went to the ground.
2: See, so uh, You know what? Like, I was going to text the group, like, I guarantee Heath tweets about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown, but I didn't have a chance. Did you, in fact, tweet about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown?
3: I, I did not tweet about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown. Wow,
2: that's that's an upset. All right, well, Ebron was not a top-five tight end. Hawkinson was. Evan Ingram, 11 catches, actually number one in PPR. Hawkinson number one in non-PPR. 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Delaney Walker, ladies and gentlemen, five catches, fifty-two yards, and two touchdowns. Mark Andrews and Vernon Davis. Those are yeah, Vernon Davis. Those are your top five tight ends. Big Vern. Then you had uh, you had three guys with thirty to forty yards and a touchdown and three or four catches. That's like that's tight end for you. That's Najoku, Blake Jarwin, and Jimmy Graham on Thursday. But uh, how about Mark Andrews, guys? Eight catches, one hundred eight yards, and a touchdown. And mm-hmm. impressive thoughts.
1: 31
3: snaps it, it played. I'm weird. checking
1: to see how many of it them the, were, were third downs. Go
3: ahead. East. Right. Cause he was the third tight end to catch a pass in Baltimore. Mm. Um, and his touchdown came from RG three, I think. Yes.
2: Yeah. This, this might be one that, that you could maybe look to sell high on. What do you think?
0: I think it just depends on what your tight end situation is. If he's your only guy, I don't know if you want to get rid of him now with the way Lamar Jackson looks. I'm trying to think if there's, like... If he's a second guy, then absolutely you saw high. Austin I, Hooper yeah. also had a, a nice game.
2: Austin Hooper did and have nine a Nine catches,
1: game.
2: right? Yeah. he mu- Yeah, nine catches, 77 yards. So he was not a top-five tight end in non-PPR, but in PPR, he he probably was. He was probably right there. Um, And Travis Kelsey, three catches, 88 yards. That was good. Travis Kelsey ha- could have had two touchdowns. He was out of bounds on one, and, and somehow... Uh, Mahomes just missed him wide open for a touchdown. Uh, anything to say on Delaney Walker? Five for 55 and two.
0: George Kittle also with a weird stat line in catches for 54 yards.
1: And had a touchdown called back. Two
2: two freaking Kittle. touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Two touchdowns for Kittle called back. Both would have been Garoppolo touchdowns. Neither drive ended in a touchdown. So some points that they... In fact, George Kittle, I'm pretty sure, had two called back. And Cameron Braid also had two called back. Braid's run he the same did. drive. So yep. That was weird.
1: Uh, hey, listen, Delaney was always going to be the huggy bear for Mariota. Six targets led the team, five catches led the team, a couple of scores. Okay. Yeah. He was good. He's going to be good.
2: Yeah, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be great, right?
1: I don't think he's going to be two touchdowns good each week or even one touchdown good each week. No, year. but five for but 50. Startable top 10. To yep. He's going to be a top 10 tight end.
2: Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the game. Start him
1: next week against the Colts.
2: Buffalo 17, Jets 16. Josh Allen 58% owned, Sam Darnold 45% owned. And Allen ends up with 17 fantasy points, Darnold with 15. The, the Jets offense, it just they could not get going. and They missed Robbie Anderson a couple times on potential big plays where he had a step. Do you think Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, we were pretty excited about Darnold, do you think we should be patient with them and, and look at them as number two quarterbacks?
0: I mean, I think Allen, you know, showed you that you can start him and be, you know, good with the chance to potentially be great. One of the interceptions was not his fault, the one that was a pick six. So you take that off of his plate, you know, he's still going to run, which is encouraging, you know, 10 attempts. Um, you know, he's got the chance to score multiple touchdowns on a week-to-week basis. just a matter of how much he can limit the turnover. So he's not a top 12 type of guy, but he can be in that top 15 conversation, especially with the next couple of games against the Bengals and the Giants.
2: Who do you think will be a better PPR player? Jamison Crowder, who had 14 catches for 99 yards, or Devin Singletary. Uh, you know, not like who's gonna be think, who's gonna be better catch more pass or anything, but like who would you take first in a PPR league?
0: I think a better comparison to the two receivers, Crowder and Brown, in PPR. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Go I don't think it. Jamison Crowder is gonna get 17 targets every week, but could he get 10 targets a week? Definitely. No, I mean, he this can't is, get no, he is,
2: cannot get 10 targets a week. He cannot well, be a, get t- he well, I mean, is that, not going that, to be yeah. on a 160 if, target pace. There's no if, if, way. If, I mean, if he does, okay, he's not going to get,
1: okay, get 10, 10, but he,
2: 10,
0: be, he can get he, he yeah. can get 8. And if you just go by, based on what Adam Gase's track record is with his slot receivers, you know the 3 years he was in Miami, there was no team that targeted the slot more. He
1: won't end right, up with I mean, 160 cuz he's going to end up getting hurt. That's why James Crowder isn't going to do it.
3: But for now If he's getting the Jarvis Landry role, he's going to be close to that.
2: Yeah, I just like that's that's a lie. Jameson Crowder's not getting 160 targets. I I feel comfortable saying that. Um, he's 47 well, percent. owned. well, he's
1: already 10 percent of the way that <laughs> He is that good after one game.
2: Yeah, he's 47 no, percent owned though. No. Like,
1: is he legit? Yes, yeah. absolutely. In PPR and non PPR, I'm you know.
2: Can I just Jameson say, like, how
1: how often have we been fooled by Jamison
2: Crowder? We were taking him a couple a years of ago time. as a mid round pick. Times.
1: But how many games? How many times have we seen him get this many targets in a game? How many times have we seen him look good in the preseason for a team that knows how to use him? He's got a role; it's laid out. This team is going to throw the ball a bunch every week. You're not going to have a lot of weeks where Le'Veon Bell and Ty Montgomery combined for 30 carries. It's just not going to happen. They're going to throw the ball a lot and they're going to spread it around. I like what they're doing. It's gonna be. He's gonna get a lot of in, uh, attention.
3: I, I do not like what they're doing. <laughs> it's tough for fantasy. What don't you yeah. like about it? Well, it's, it's not just tough for fantasy. It's like throw the ball to Robbie Anderson and throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell and stop throwing the ball to Jameson Crowder so much. Well, I mean, Bell got, so got yard. nine got Four yards Bellen. per
0: target. Right, right.
1: Bell had nine targets. I mean, how many running backs are going to do that? Not many. And they tried to get Robbie going. They just missed a couple of times. Robbie had the toughest matchup of the, the, the guys on the field.
2: Yeah, look, they, they honestly could have had a big day with Robbie Anderson. He, he almost came down with one of the end zone. It was knocked away late in the game. There was a ball under and He had a step. So I, I wouldn't freak out about him. And then I, I think, look, this game I was watching. I was watching this game you know, on my laptop. While I had Red Zone on the, on the TV. And uh, by the way, good job to CBS All Access for streaming. And bad job by Fox Sports Go. You suck. Could not get any game. Could not watch the Giants lose. Pathetic. Um. Anyway, uh, Devin Singletary changed the game. Frank Gore was doing nothing. It, like, shame on them for not going to Devin Singletary earlier in the game. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So and ridiculous.
1: If, if we're gonna talk about the coaches watching film and then reacting to it in Kansas City, hopefully they do the same thing in Buffalo, and they say, okay, Frank Gore's got 20 yards on 11 carries, and Singletary had carries for 23 yards. 20 yards, and 15 yards. And he finished with 70 yards on four carries and 28 yards on five catches. All right, next up. It's it's going to happen sooner than later for Singletary.
2: We got Tennessee 43 and Cleveland 13. Uh, Marcus Mariota with the big game and obviously the struggles for Mayfield. Is there anything we have not talked about in this game? Beckham, Landry, we haven't really gotten to them. What do we
0: got? Beckham was fine. I mean, you know, not the huge game clearly that a lot of people were hoping for, but you know, if he's going to get eleven targets, lead the team in 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 targets, and that you know, wide of a margin, you know, four over Landry and five over Najoku, you're going to be happy with the production that comes.
1: It'll get better once they figure out the offensive line. Getting the left tackle back next week after he doesn't get after he got kicked out this week, I think it'll help.
0: And don't chase AJ Brown. He's a good flyer if you have an empty roster spot, but he's going to be behind a ton of guys in terms of picking up off waivers.
2: Okay. He's 7% owned. Uh, Heath, let's go to Baltimore 59 and Miami 10. I don't know if there's anything else from this game. Uh, you know, Justice Hill had 7 carries. He had only 2 of them in the first half. Gus Edwards had 17 carries. I think 10 or 11 of them came in the second half. So how about Mark Ingram then? 14 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns. He got short yardage touchdowns. And Lamar Jackson didn't really run the ball at all, really. Three carries for six yards. (laughs) So I guess your overall take on the running game for the Ravens.
3: Well, I was very excited. Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball. This game was over halfway through the first quarter. Don't expose yourself to hits. I don't expect that's going to be the plan moving forward in competitive games. Uh, Mark Ingram looked great, and his job is going to be much much easier if he not only has the threat of Lamar Jackson running, but also has the threat of Jackson going over the top like that. I may have been too low on Jackson. He might be a top fifteen or Ingram might be a top fifteen running back. They won't be this good, but if they're this, if they are really improved in the passing game. I think Justice Hill, what you saw is he's just a stash. If Mark Ingram's healthy, right now, Gus Edwards is more valuable than Justice Hill is. But Justice Hill is the home run that you want to have on your bench just in case something happens to Ingram.
2: How high on the waiver wire priority will Devontae Parker be?
1: Low. Very low. Okay. Low.
2: Kansas City, 40, and Jacksonville, 16. Uh, You know, Leonard Fournette. You're not going to argue with 17 touches. He had 13 carries. As a team, Jacksonville had 14 carries. Like, do we care about his yards per carry? Like, do, do we do we, we do we concern ourselves at all that Leonard Fournette did not do more against the Kansas City Chiefs when his the two quarterbacks were like lighting the Chiefs up and they don't have a good defense?
0: No, I'm not concerned.
2: 50, yeah, I'm an idiot. I mean, 5.1 yards per carry. I don't know what I'm complaining about. It just wasn't. It didn't end up being a great game for him. I didn't really have anything to
0: if to this game. If if you if you take out the fumble, like you said, it's the first time he's fumbled. It's you know over 90 total yards, and you know the four catches on six targets is encouraging. There's nobody that's going to take him off the field. He, he's going to be the the focal point of this offense even more now without falls there. And so we'll see how the Texans defense comes out of this game against New Orleans. Probably going to look bad. And so can he have the opportunity with a different quarterback who looked really good? Hopefully, you know, it doesn't sink the offense. And I do think that getting Cam Robinson back when he eventually does play as a left tackle will help this offensive line, too.
2: Okay, yeah. Sorry about that Fournette thing. I've Searching for storylines. He just didn't have, like, a big play. His, his longest play was a 14-yard gain. All right, we'll go to our next game here. It's Philadelphia 32 and Washington 27. How about the— Rookie and second-year running backs in this game. Miles Sanders and Darius Geis really doing nothing. Sanders, 11 carries for 25 yards, one catch for two yards. Geis, 10 carries That's for 18. That touchdown y- call back though. He did. And and when he got in the open field, he looked pretty good. But Sproles was better. Jordan Howard was better. Geis was awful. And Adrian Peterson was inactive. And then, yeah, this was great if you took a flyer on Chris Thompson, who you probably didn't. I think he was starting 2% of leagues. Uh, but he had four catches on the final drive of the game. He ended up with seven catches for 68 yards, and Thompson's 46% owned. But I, I specifically want to know what you guys think about Geis and Sanders right now, and who would you rather have going forward?
1: Sanders. It's not even particularly close. This is what I was worried about with Darius Geis, is that he's he's a good talent on a bad team. The offensive line stinks. I know the pass are through for 380 yards and three touchdowns, and, and they were in a competitive game, but... It's still not that you're not going to see that again from case Keenum. That's not what case Keenum does.
3: I, Mm -hmm. I just like, I had these guys really, really close before this game and before the season. And one of them had 13 touches for 38 yards. And one of them had 12 touches for 27 yards. So I don't know why the guy with 12 for 27 would now be way ahead of the other guy. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take guys. I'll take guys.
1: Now, eventually, Sanders will be the better back in Philly, and there won't be three guys. Or they'll trade for It'll Melvin Gordon, which could be a possibility. That was always that we done that yet.
3: There's always been three guys in Philadelphia. No, yeah, well, Josh, Josh Adams— This pros
0: factor, really, factor really annoys me.
2: Yeah, it is annoying. It is. But Josh Adams did get the workload last year for, like, three or four games. But you're right. But that's because I mean, everybody was hurt. For the most part, that has been the case. Guys, I, I really think the Eagles are going to have a very good run of defense this year. Um, Agreed. So, you know, there's that. He had 10 carries, and, and Thompson had three. Uh, they just didn't really have a lot of carries. Okay, Carson Wentz was awesome. Deshaun Jackson's going to do really good things for him. And, and, you know, Carson Wentz actually should have had a fourth touchdown. He threw one to Alshon Jeffrey. It was considered a rushing touchdown. So that did yep. not count for Wentz, or he would have had 36 fantasy points. It was points. a lateral. Yeah, it yep. was annoying. Um, Minnesota 28 and Atlanta 12. Any panic on Devontae Freeman? Eight carries, 19 yards, three catches for 12 yards, and he fumbled. Any uh, worries at all about Freeman?
1: Uh, I don't have him on any of my teams, but even if I did, I wouldn't freak out because this is this is basically Atlanta's toughest matchup of the season. Said that going in, and it proved to be that way. They only scored twelve points in the game. Next week, it's Philadelphia. That's not easy. Then it's Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston, Arizona. It'll get better. Okay, so
2: what? The Kirk Cousins throwing ten passes. Like they got out to a twenty-eight nothing lead. I, I know we were concerned about his pass volume as it related to
3: Diggs and Thielen.
2: What do we make of he? Ten passes,
3: unbelievable. Well, that. I don't think that's um something you should expect moving forward. It was a clear outlier, but it like that's exactly what we were worried about. And it's exactly the reason we were worried about the passing game, and this doesn't make me feel any better about it. Mm-hmm. Uh I I think unless they fall behind in games, you're going to see them be one of the more run heavy teams in the league. That's what they want to do. Jamie or Until let's, Cook gets hurt. Uh
2: Jamie, let's go Rams and Panthers here. Rams thirty, Panthers twenty seven. And any, anything to say about Goff and Cam?
0: Don't panic. You know, I mean, these are uh, these are still good quarterbacks with a chance to be great. Uh, for Goff, you know, you wonder if this is the shake the rust off game after not playing in the preseason. For Cam, it's the first game since he had the foot injury. So I wouldn't panic. I think there's great situations ahead for both. I'm going to love Cam next week on Thursday night against that Bucks defense at home. And the same thing for Goff. You know, we'll see what happens with the Saints defense coming out of a Monday night game but short week having to travel. So uh, I think both guys are still going to be very good fantasy quarterbacks.
2: Are you worried about Curtis Samuel? DJ Moore was a lot more involved. He had uh, six more targets, and he had 44
1: more yards. I'm I'm worried about Samuel as it relates to Olsen more so than Moore, because I expect DJ Moore to get this type of volume on a weekly basis. Olson had nine targets in the game, mm-hmm. and I wonder if he's going to do a number on the rest of these other guys and kind of force Samuel to be a peripheral part of the offense which would be disappointing. Chargers 30, Colts 24.
2: We've really talked about Mac, we talked about Hilton, Ebron. We haven't really talked about Philip Rivers. 29 fantasy points at Detroit next week and pretty good, but also uh, Mike Williams leaving with the knee injury. He was not having a good game, two catches, 29 yards on three targets. Uh yeah, it's Philip Rivers just same old reliable. You can start him if you need if you need a quarterback kind of guy.
1: Sure, but it helps when you're throwing dinks and dunks to Austin Eckler and letting him make plays. Yeah.
0: But what they're... a terrible interception he had.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it was a great interception by Hooker.
0: Well, I mean, the, the catch was great. Yeah. The read was terrible. Yeah, the read was bad.
2: Well, you know, he's a young guy. Almost cost them the game. <laughs> uh, are you hmm. going to drop Eric Ebron, who had three targets and dropped a touchdown?
1: Uh, yes, for for Hawkinson, you have to.
0: Well, Hawkinson's owned in too many leagues. I, I think sure. you're you're looking at, I mean, you know, Mark Andrews maybe if he's out there, I would take him. Um, depending on how long Jordan Reed is out, I'd probably take Vernon Davis at this point. Um, you know, we'll see what uh, Darren Waller does. You know, he's going to have an opportunity to play well now without Antonio Brown there. So. There, there's going to be some tight end options available.
2: Hawkinson Hock, is 76% owned, so he is not quite owned enough. He's going to have to be closer to 100%. He will. Seattle 21, Cincinnati 20, Heath. So, um, you know, Joe Mixon, I know he left with an ankle injury, but he was having a terrible game anyway. I mean, eight touches, 17 total yards. What do you think about uh, Joe Mixon right now? Any change?
3: Uh, team Geo. No, I I <laughs> think that he'll be fine. This is a bad matchup in Seattle. I hope that his ankle's okay, but if it's not, we're going to start uh, we're going to start Giovanni Bernard.
1: It's believed to be just an ankle sprain according to NFL Network. There's some swelling, but early reports are optimistic. There will be tests. I, they, one
3: thing I will look be looking into is how many touches did Gio have before mixing went out? It was like 8-0 then, or did Gio already have some?
2: I have I honestly don't know. I I will look that up though. Uh, we do know that Gio is really good when Mixon's out. Should be again. They have San Francisco next week, then they're at Buffalo. Uh, Dallas 35, Giants 17. Ugh. So. Uh, Saquon Barkley's
0: really good at football. He
2: mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah, he's great. I, I don't really like, I don't know what to make of Sterling Shepard because, like, you know, first four games without Golden Tate. You get excited about him, but I had brought this up several times. Like I thought his matchups were terrible: Dallas, Buffalo, at Tampa Bay, and then Washington. There's only one game there that looks like a great matchup, that's at Tampa Bay. But Shepard had a pretty bad game: six catches for 42 yards on seven
1: targets. He just couldn't get; he couldn't break away on any of the catches that he had. I think I think most of us would be okay with six catches from Sterling Shepard, but we'd expect 40 more yards. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> 12 yards per catch.
2: So how about? Randall Cobb, four catches, sixty-nine yards, and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it's the Giants. It it is the Giants. I think it. Is, I do think it's interesting that Cobb, Witten, and Jarwin all scored for the Cowboys, and these are theoretically short area targets for Prescott to lean on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gallup's going to be one of the top waiver wire claims,
1: and he should be. You think so? You're buying into it? Uh he he looked great. If this pa- the only question is how many weeks are we going to see where Dak throws for 400 yards on 32 attempts? Well, obviously I don't know not how many there will be because no. I think I think Zeke can ramp up too. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm 400 to yards in a bunch of different ways.
2: 400 yards, no, but 32 attempts. There's no reason why fine he can't 300 that. yards.
1: Yeah, Dak can have 300 yards pretty often. I don't know. He's
2: facing.
0: He's facing a Redskins defense next week that just gave up 300 yards to Carson. Oh Williams. yeah, the well after that he
1: plays Miami, so there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get uh, Michael Gallup now. Okay, he he does have a couple tough games after that Dolphins game. But, yes, get Gallup. Dak's too high-owned, I would imagine, at this point. Yes. So, can't get him unless, you know, you want to trade for him on the cheap. You're tired of Winston already. Mayfield's scaring you. Go get Prescott. So, yeah, and and by the way, like I do
2: think the Giants are going to be really bad against secondary options. This was a good opportunity for Michael Gallup. They have Janoris Jenkins and a bunch of crap. So that's just something to keep in mind next week. I don't know what that means for the Bills, but it's something to keep in mind going forward. Detroit at Arizona. This game ended in a tie. Uh, what do you what do you make of this game? Um, what haven't we talked about? How about Larry Fitzgerald and his 100-yard performance with a touchdown? 113 yards and a touchdown.
0: He came alive in the second half. Yes, he did. I mean, it was, you know, uh, Pete Prisco Drink has been talking about this since he saw them, that they kept saying that Larry Fitzgerald looks younger that he's going to have the chance to uh you know sort of rejuvenate himself with this new offense and the new quarterback and it was the same old same old for the first half that we saw in the preseason then all of a sudden you know i don't know if detroit just took their foot off the gas or the cardinals made some adjustments but you know kyler murray looked a lot better uh 54 pass attempts i don't think is going to be the norm if they would have their way but um you know fitzgerald playing like he did had a lot of clutch catches in the fourth quarter and so if you're looking at the Cardinals receiver to
1: own, he's the guy. He had nine yards through the first three quarters and he finished with 113.
3: That's that's most of their offense, though. I think they, they had 100 total yards through the first three quarters, I believe.
1: Yeah, they looked horrendous.
3: It was it was laughable. I felt like such a heel
1: for buying into the Cardinals offense. And then they finally turned it up. And maybe yeah. it was because they were playing from behind and the Lions were kind of playing back and it, it cost the Lions a win. They also the Lions also called a timeout that cost them a win. It uh, blew a
2: third down conversion mm-hmm. that they they would have picked up the first down and probably won the game. And they had to run the play over and they did not pick up the first down. And just like Matt Patricia is just that's a that was a really bad start for a guy who's on the hot seat. So who would you rather have, Larry Fitzgerald or Michael Gallup? Fitz, yeah, still so Fitzgerald.
1: Yeah, I
3: guess.
2: Are there any rookie wide receivers you prefer to Fitzgerald?
1: I'd love to speculate on Brown, in Baltimore. No, in fact, the, the 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 minimal snaps that he played definitely scares me, but he's he could end up being Tyreek Hill esque, where it just doesn't matter who he plays if he gets open and the ball's thrown near him, it's a touchdown. I'll still take Fitzgerald.
2: Okay, San Francisco thirty-one, Tampa Bay seventeen. Our final game. I did not think Jimmy Garoppolo looked very good, guys. He, obviously, that hurts me because he's my guy. He did have two touchdown passes called back. He could have had a huge game, but I just—he just he just didn't look very sharp to me. 166 stinking yards at Tampa Bay. He gets Cincinnati next week. But um, I think a lot of people will be dropping Garoppolo, and I, I can't really fight it. How about you? Garoppolo. Garoppolo. <laughs> mm. <laughs> My my uh, podcast league team is named uh, Shaheen Garoppolo, like Janine Garoppolo. No, Sh- Yeah, yeah, like Janine Garoppolo. Shaheen Garoppolo. Yeah. What do you have to explain it? You
1: know, it's great. But okay. I think he's droppable for a number of players at other positions who have some appeal following Week One. Case Keenum. No. What? Dante Pett
2: is seventy six percent owned. One target. Two snaps. What's going on here? What the heck?
0: He's not. Did he get hurt? That good.
2: He didn't get hurt. They said it, it's the limited snaps. He had been a little banged up, I guess. That's the way I interpreted it. And I don't know. It's like they're yeah. trying to make him prove something. I, what
1: the hell?
0: You can't prove something.
2: when you I don't know that what snaps. they're
1: doing with their receiving court. They're just mixing and matching all these guys, and no one's doing anything no great. Because they don't have an answer. They're trying to find one. Right. They have Richie James, who scored out of the slot. One catch, thirty-nine yards.
2: All right. How big of a priority is Ronald Jones at forty-six percent owned?
0: I mean, if you don't have Tevin Coleman and you don't have Joe Mixon, he's going to be a big priority.
2: Wait, if you have everybody, if you're fine at running back. How big of a priority is Ronald Jones?
0: I, I, I think it just you know, if you don't have any needs for your roster, he should be among the top guys added. Absolutely.
2: Okay. All right, guys. Thank you. Good show. So we have a show coming up on Monday early evening. Get you some injury updates and uh, some fantasy reactions from Will. Some advanced stats uh, from Chris Towers. Looking forward to it, and we'll have a bonus. You know in, what Antonio
0: Brown said yeah, to the Raiders?
2: Yeah, we'll have an uh, Antonio Brown bonus podcast at some said, point. Gotta go, by <laughs> <laughs> And you know what they said to him, Dave?
1: What they, oh. they said?
2: They said